This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim. And as you probably know, I'm a small animal veterinarian and crazy cat lover. So today I have Dr. Betsy Redmond, and she is here to introduce us to some cool, innovative stuff that can help us learn a little bit more about how our cats work and keep them happy and healthy. So we'll be right back to talk to Dr. Redmond. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I have Dr. Betsy Redmond here. Hi, Dr. Redmond. Hi. It's so nice to have you. Oh, it's fun to be here. (laughs) So you are the chief science officer at a company called Innovative Pet Lab, correct? Correct. That's pretty cool. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I started a company with some friends who also work in labs. I had worked in labs before. So I'll just, yeah, I'll give you the little history on the, on the company. It's a group of people who we'd all worked in human labs for a long time. I think we have a combined hundred years experience. So we've done it a long time and we'd all worked in different aspects. I worked in research and clinical education and people worked you know, directly in the lab. And I had a, a, I have a dog, Linda, and she's 17 years old. Our joke is that we're starting to look for colleges for her, but she had had some health concerns. And as working in the lab, I knew that like, if we can look at what's going on in her gut, we could probably help her out making diet changes or things like that. So we ran gut tests. We ran a lot of these tests in people. And a lot of the research had been done early on in cats and dogs, rabbits. And so we knew the values there. We knew that they, you know, we're all mammals. So, you know, as different as we are, we're all mammals. And so a lot of those tests are going to come out pretty similar. So we just started doing our own pets and then we thought we would start, we saw a need and started our own company looking at gut health in cats and dogs. Well, that is awesome. So I guess I need to say um, for my listeners, I've not had any clinical experience with these tests yet. So I, I really cannot endorse them. However, I think that anything that helps you know more about how your cat works and anything that supports you in maintaining happiness and health in the cat is a good thing. So I'm excited to learn more about this. So on another episode, we talked with a man about pet insurance, and he said that gut 
issues were the number one claim for cats with their pet insurance company. So maybe that maybe that'll set you up to talk a little bit about gut health. Yeah, I mean, you know, these markers, certainly there's probably more research in dogs than cats, but there is research in cats. So, so in cats, we have two tests that we look at for them. We look at inflammation and immunity. And with that, we look at a marker called calprotectant and, and then secretory IgA. And then we also look at intestinal permeability or leaky gut. And with that, we look at a marker called zonulin and then anti-gliadin IgA. So when I always think of it like, you know, the gut, 70% of, you know, the immune system for most mammals is, is in the gut. And it makes sense because within the gut lumen, like in the, inside your gut, it's really kind of outside your body. I mean, it obviously feels in, but you, you know, you can't just swallow something and then your body just lets it in. So there's a lot of immune activity within the gut lining to see, you know, what's going on there. And should I let, should I let this stuff in? How am I reacting to it? So it's not surprising that you can have things going on there and say, if you have increased inflammation, then, you know, that's going to impact if your gut is inflamed. It's like if you hurt your cut your hand or something, and, and you know, or if your cat hurts its paw, it can get swollen or red, but you can get in and that's inflammation, but you can also get intestinal inflammation inside that you might not be able to see. And at low levels, you might not really notice a difference in how your cat's acting. But it could impact their, you know, their immune reactions to things, it could change their digestion and absorption, which could change nutritional profile. So it's, it's important to look at. So I remember when I was in vet school in the early days, the anatomy professor said, your intestinal tract is not technically inside your body. And we were all like, oh, wow. <laughs> but you just touched on that because there is an opening at each end. It's not technically inside your cell. So I think it's really cool that you mentioned that. Also, I see a lot of cats that have intestinal problems, inflammatory bowel disease and um, dietary intolerances and that kind of thing. So I appreciate that you have recognized this as an area where we can support pets. So what about the connection between the gut and the brain? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so the gut, you know, there's a lot of nerves from the brain down to the gut, you know, it's not just working by itself, the brain is like, do we want this, you know, how is it going to impact things. So certainly in people, there's lots of studies. And again, you know, we're all mammals. So a lot of it can move over to, um, you know, our pets to cats or dogs. And it, it can affect moods, because it can impact the brain chemicals. And so whether it's directly or even indirectly, that can change their mood. And we certainly see that in some of the, the cases we get. Another thing I wanted to say about, I know you haven't, you said you haven't um, used the test. And that's because it is new. Like we are really bringing these things to market that we've seen will work even in pets. There's research, you know, in cats where they look at calprotectant and then they correlate it to directly to intestinal histological findings. So they go into the intestines and they find out what does it actually look like? They get, you know, get a little histological sample and then they correlate that with fecal calprotectin. So we know it correlates directly with what's going on in the intestines. 
it is a pretty direct measure. And it, it can then have an impact on mood is something that we think of. Also, you know, gut and skin is big. There's not many areas that the gut doesn't have an impact. Energy, mood, skin, probably those are the big ones that we see. So you mentioned that you have um, a few different kind of things that you watch for, and you said calprotectin. What exactly is that? Calprotectin is a, it's a protein within the gut. It's actually, it identifies neutrophil activity, which is, you know, part of the immune system. And there, it's a Cal100S8 protein. They're like, you know, S12s or different things. So it's a specific protein. And when it becomes elevated, it identifies that there's an immune reaction going on, this neutrophil reaction, and that there is, and it directly correlates to intestinal inflammation. It's also, it's been associated even in cats, if calprotectin is high, then oftentimes they can find it's positively correlated with a low serum B12, which is something that you might look at for, you know, inadequate absorption. And the one of the things with calprotectin is that it can tell you like, everything's great. Like our tests are a good way to like, how's everything going? You know, everything's great. It's all in normal ranges. It can also say, hey, it's a little bit elevated. So maybe you need to just get some antioxidants, or maybe you need to change your, your dog food, you know, maybe your dog food's actually causing inflammation, or maybe you need to add some anti inflammatory type of support. It can also be used to monitor treatment. So if it is extremely high, then you can start to see like, does changing dog food make a difference? Does adding kind of anti-inflammatory supplements or other snacks make a difference there? Or do you need to do something more significant? Do you need to test gut bacteria? Do you need to go on antibiotics? Do you need to try a steroid if it's extremely high? But whatever you do, you can then, you know, monitor its kind of decrease. So if you're doing the right things, it will come back into a normal range. Let's just back up just a little bit for my listeners, because they may not understand how this is. So is this something where you collect a stool sample and then um, submit it to the lab? I mean, can you tell us a little yeah, bit? About yeah, sorry, it's very basics. I'm always assuming, yeah, I'm, I, everybody's where my head is. So that, yeah, Innovative Pet Lab, you just go to the website and you order a test kit. You can get, you know, inflammation and immunity, which has the calprotectant and a secretory IgA, or another test we have called leaky gut, and can talk about that in a minute. And we, you know, send you a test kit, you can buy it for yourself or somebody else, you get the test kit, and then you just have to collect a stool sample, put it in the tube, and then just put it back in the packaging, put it in your mailbox, and it mails off. So it can sit at room temperature for, you know, 24 hours if you don't mail it right away. And this is, you know, we introduced dogs first and then we did cats because we had to do a little more research to make sure that it was okay, that there was litter, you know, on the sample and that does not affect the results. So we take such a small amount, we can get a clean, clean one. We actually had some, some test results come in and somebody had six cats. <laughs> And so they kept following their cats when they went to the litter box to so they could get the sample and know whose sample was who. But yeah, so you just get the sample. And then once you send the sample in, 
you just wait, you know, 10 to 14 days, and then you'll get an online, you get an email, and it'll give you the results. You can, you know, print it out as a PDF if you want to take it to your vet. And then just some changes you can do. It's also like our the changes that most people are going to start with maybe changing cat food or adding some supplements or decreasing stress in their in their cat's life. Um, and so they're not huge things. If it's extremely high, you're probably going to want to take it to your vet and have, you know, discussions with them. So which cats? Would it be cats that were just seemed a little off or would it be basically healthy cats that my listeners sort of want to know where they are? I mean, who is it recommended for? Yeah, it's really for everybody. And I'm not just like saying anybody can do it. But, you know, if you want to see, you know, where your, your cat is, you can just do it to make sure all the things that you're doing are working. Because sometimes these aren't big, like, ah, you know, this is I'm having significant issues that, you know, my cat's really sick. This could be a contributing factor. It could be, you know, one of the, the things. But a lot of cats may have low level chronic inflammation you may not know about. So this, if this comes back and it's in the normal range, then you just know that everything you're doing in this, you know, lifestyle as a whole is working for your cat. So, you know, it's really for anybody, for, you know, any a cat at any stage, what it just tells you might be different. So maybe if someone has a cat, besides all the normal cats that you just talked about, what about <laughs> if someone has a cat that's maybe not using its litter box? Would this maybe give us some usable information in that case? Not using its litter box as far as... Not pooping in its box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it would. I mean, I, you know, in, in working in labs, one of the things we always think of is like, and I know it sounds bad, like the more tests you get, the wider net it throws. So the more information you can collect, the you know, so if you wonder, like, is that happening because there's some kind of GI issue going on? This could help to answer that because it would be unlikely that you'd have a significant GI issue and not have one of these markers out of range. So I think that it, it could it could tell you that and kind of give you, is this an avenue you need to go down further or is this kind of one you can write off? I say on every episode, you know, if it drives you to the vet, your cat cannot say, hey, you know what? I have intestinal cramping or the food irritates my, you know, whatever. If this testing drives you to build a relationship with a veterinarian, I am 100% behind it. I think it's a great idea. So you said that there are other, there are two different options, right? You said the inflammation and immunity test, and there's also one called leaky gut. Can you go into that a little more? Yeah. So leaky gut, also called intestinal permeability. So, you know, noting that like the inside the gut, like the inside of the gut's called the lumen. So inside the gut lumen is, you know, outside the body. So when your body is going to let something in from generally something that, you know, your cat's eaten, that they're supposed to eat, <laughs> your immune system is checking that. Like, can you come in? Let me see. Who are you? Do you want in? And that's pretty tightly regulated. And that's part of the immune system. Like we only let in who we want to let in. But in some situations, and, and part of that is like all the intestinal cells, you know, like a fence lined up really tightly next to each other. So, you know, whatever might want to come in can't just come in. So in intestinal permeability or leaky gut, sometimes those cells aren't 
bound, aren't lined up as tightly as they should be. And there's some space. And that space lets in things that the immune system, if it really were, you know, able to pay attention, wouldn't actually let in. And some of those things might not cause an issue, but some of them may cause your immune system to react. And so you may have immune reactions to things. So leaky gut itself can be, if you have a lot of gut inflammation, leaky gut can be one of the results of that. So it may, you know, impact your ability to absorb certain nutrients or exacerbate inflammation. So the two markers we look at there are zonulin and anti-gliadin IgA. We look at anti-gliadin because a lot of times gluten can be an issue with leaky gut. But the zonulin itself, it's one of the proteins that helps hold the cells that, you know, the, the gut cells that are all lined up real tight. When they start to come apart, the zonulin is a compound that comes up. So that gets released. And so the higher your zonulin levels, the more leaky gut that there is. So the more intestinal permeability. So the permeability increases. And it's just not able to keep track of everything that's coming in and out. And other things have been associated, you know, skin conditions get associated with um, increased zonulin, maybe because you might be getting more food reactions. Elastase, which is a, a marker, your pancreas or the pancreas will secrete for digestion has, you know, been associated with zonulin. So it may also, if there's impaired pancreatic function, zonulin may increase. So there's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, it may be associated with more um, autoimmune conditions if it's elevated. So looking at calprotectin and zonulin, both of them, if they're both good, then it's a pretty good idea that the gut lining is kind of, you know, doing its thing and pretty good there. And there's also, you know, a lot of these things that we talk about, you know, with calprotectin, looking at changing your dog food or adding an anti-inflammatory. Also looking at, you know, gut bacteria. So maybe getting some probiotics or some prebiotics, which, you know, prebiotics will feed gut bacteria and probiotics are actual gut bacteria. So, you know, having things like that to um, help with that, you know, Saccharomyces boulardii is like a good yeast some people will use to help with, you know, helping the gut bacteria, and that's going to help with bringing down the zonulin because the gut bacteria is really important there too. We usually say if you're going to have to, if you're not happy, you're going to start with one test, then probably the inflammation and immunity, because if there's no inflammation and immunity, you probably, you know, may not have concerns with these other areas as much. I mean, it certainly, you know, can have leaky gut without leading to um, inflammation. But I usually think of inflammation as the first thing. And if there is inflammation, start trying to figure out why. Ah, that's good. So you as a cat owner would go to the website and you you might choose the inflammation and immunity test. So what is the cost? Have you guys defined the cost yet? Oh, they don't... (laughs) They don't give me the cost. I, I have to look online. I'm sorry. Um, I know that though we are for all your listeners, we're giving 20% off with the code gut health. Okay. Okay. So then after the sample went away, you know, went off to your lab and came back, there would be a report generated. But I would assume that you guys don't specifically recommend the pet foods. You just give a general report, right? Right. I mean, we have some relationships with foods that we know are good, but those aren't the certainly the only ones. 
And so we just really, I, I kind of in the interpretive guide, we'll, you know, we have like, these things are what you generally think about. And here are some suggestions, but really, you know, like a lot of times changing pet food, if somebody is on, you know, a pet food that maybe they've been on it a long time, or, you know, I don't, they, maybe they just got it, just picked it up and it wasn't the best quality pet food or, you know, a lot of different things that, you know, changing the food, sometimes cats just need a different food or sometimes just adding some anti-inflammatory supplements or, or, or snack type things can help with that. So we give general recommendations. Most of them are things that, you know, we see in the research studies. So, you know, we'll list some of the literature there that, you know, they had so many cats and they found this and they tried this. Okay. Well, for my listeners that may have some questions about their cat's intestinal health, this might be an avenue um, to find out a little bit more about it, or even um, as Dr. Edmund said, find out that you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, there's so many, we have a whole thing of reset your pet and all the things, you know, start with checking your, you know, the gut health, but, you know, look at their diet, look at, you know, mental and physical stimulation, look at their stress level, and maybe their circadian rhythms, and then, you know, avoiding toxins, not just in their food or their household, but like, you know, if they're out on the grass, are they getting, did somebody spray their grass? You know, and people, they have research studies that there's increased zonulin with people who smoke, but also you might see that in cats or dogs who live in households where there's secondhand smoke. So, you know, there's all these things we think of checking and, you know, gut check is kind of the kind of the first one, but it's not just changing dog foods. You know, we try to look at it as a whole thing. You can't have a, a cat on a great food and a really stressful environment. Right. Never underestimate the role that the gut plays. And, I, and if that's the only fact that my listeners can get from today, <laughs> um, I, I want them to get that one because as you mentioned, 70% of the immune system is in the gut. So what they eat and your relationship with your veterinarian in um, deciding about parasite control and all of these other things is really important to the health of your cat. So thank you, Dr. Redmond, for coming and exposing us to these cool things. Oh, no problem. We're, you know, we're excited. <laughs> so tell my listeners how they can find out more. Yeah, you can go to Innovative Pet Labs and we have information on there. So you can read about it. You can always email us. And then if you want to do a test, you can get 20% off with the code gut health. So when you go to purchase the test, it'll ask if you have a code and you just say gut health and it'll give you 20% off. Awesome. Yeah. This, this is an exciting, I mean, I understand why you like this because I think it's super exciting. So um, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. We are excited. <laughs> well, and you know, anything that helps us learn a little bit more about how our cats work is great, as I said. And so I also want to thank my amazing producer, Mark Winter. And I want to thank my listeners for their loyalty because without them, we wouldn't have nine lives with Dr. Cat. So everyone go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.